welcome to Zion, Consciousness and Covenant, a podcast where we discuss many important matters relating to being covenant-keeping Mormons in the New Age. I'm Andy Rasmussen, joined hopefully by Felice Austin. <laughs> Satnam. <laughs> Satnam, Namjati Kar here. <laughs> hey, there you are. Yes, I'm here. <clears throat> Except that you're not, because it's not registering. <laughs> Not registering oh, no. my voice. Nope, keep talking. Okay, I'm talking. Keep talking. Talking, talking. Okay, maybe you are. Uh-oh. Let's let's go ahead and run it through. A few issues with uh, technology this morning that never happens with anybody I know. But I think this yeah. is I think this is working. I'll just turn you up a little bit. Okay. Well, Felice, we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. My friend Sarah is here. Say hi, Hello. Sarah. Hi. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> Good to have you. Thank you. We're going to do a couple of podcasts um, now with uh, with some guests, and you are the first. This is the first time we've tried this, and unfortunately, the technological snafus have nothing to do with the guests, so we're not entirely sure what's going on here. But Oh, they have something to do with the guests. Do they? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they metaphysically do they? I think, yeah, I think someone didn't want this podcast recorded, so that energy messed with technology. But that's okay, because our faith and prayers <laughs> and our angels stepped in. We appear to be working now, so let's, there's your, your segue. What are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about angels. <laughs> and I asked my friend Sarah to come on, because... Um, we've had a lot of conversations about angels, and um, she has, you know, she's also a, has some spiritual gifts, and she can she talks to angels a lot, <laughs> and um, and we're going to talk about that. So, uh, fantastic. So, did you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about you. Um, sure. Um, my name is Sarah, and um, this has been quite a journey for me, but um, I have discovered that um, that is one of my spiritual gifts, and I'm still learning, so I don't know all the information, but um, I know enough that I feel like I need to share it with other people, and I am excited about this. A little nervous, but excited, so... <laughs> Well, we got off to a good start with uh, by, to help you be, not be nervous, making sure everything's not yeah. working. Sarah, <laughs> it gave me a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, family members who uh, see spirits, see the other side quite regularly. In fact, almost all the time, and wow. and on occasion communicate with them. Um, and uh, it's just it's not. Just part of her daily experience, actually, and she won't just won't talk about it unless you ask her. And it's not reticent to talk; she just won't volunteer the information. Um, oh, very interesting. So, any so, what's your experience with this? Um, yeah, tell well, us how tell us how you discovered this. You know, discovered this okay. and how it all started. Okay. So this is um, very um, tightly interwined with meditation for me. <laughs> so um, I started Kundalini um, last fall, and three days in, I was going through some really difficult times and difficult things, and um, I had a priesthood blessing. 
And in this blessing, I was promised that in within the next year that I would have blessings beyond my wildest imagination. And I remember at the time, I was like, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I started meditating. I mean, I was still meditating. And a couple of days later, I started noticing that every time I went and meditated, that I could feel, I could feel a presence to my left. And it was only when I meditated, and it was so strong that I would get to the point that I would put my hands out to see if anybody would put their hands into mine, because I knew somebody was there. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking who that person was, and I started smelling the smell, mm-hmm. and um, and it was the smell of... Um, wet wool, actually, which is a very distinct smell and not one that you smell in your home that's dry most of the time. (laughs) And so that's how I became aware of it. And then as I continued... So wet wool, shepherd? Wet wool, yep. Is this, this like, associated with your angels? It is. So as as I got deeper into meditation, um, just a few days into it, I went to my I went to my um, family tree, and mm-hmm. I asked to know who it was. And as I was looking at my family tree, a name like popped off the screen at me, and I knew who it was. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, we have a lot of family stories, and I have a lot of genealogy work done. And so I went back and did some research about this particular person. And he was a sheep herder. Hmm. And he always wore this certain wool coat that he was very, very fond of. (laughs) And um, that was the smell that I was smelling. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I knew it, it was confirmed that that's who it was. And that's the smell that I was smelling. And that was my first experience with understanding my own angels and thus started this big journey of me trying to research and understand and figure out like church doctrine on it and figure out, you know, and my own beliefs and praying and fasting and all this stuff. So that was my first experience. But as I look back on my life, Mm -hmm. I know I've had many, many other experiences. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't aware Mm -hmm. the level that I am now of who it was and Mm -hmm. why it was happening. Right. How long ago did this person live? Um, he actually was born, let's see, in 1887. Also, oh, not and he too died long. in 1969, and I was born in, in like 10 years later. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I just had a, um, I don't know, there's so many directions we could talk about angels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But um, I think the main objective for me in, like, having you on, Sarah, is to um, just talk about angels more and help people to realize that they are all around us and that they are, um, and kind of, like, what they do and how they work and how it's, like, not unusual or it doesn't need to be unusual to talk to them, to get information from them, to see them, Um to receive protection from them. Um, so anyway, if you think back to, you know, we know where we came from. We know why we're here. Mm-hmm. To me, it makes absolute perfect sense 
that we would have angels. And we're promised so many times to have mm-hmm. angels round about you to bear you up. I mean, we have, you know, they'll be here to protect us. And we, we there's so many scriptures about angels if you go back and read them. Mm-hmm. But it makes perfect sense to me that we have a Father in Heaven who loves us. And he's sending us to this earth, and we're scared, and we're nervous, and we're, you know, I mean, we were probably a little sad to leave, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we get here, and he can't be here with us. But it Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense to me that he would send us, send whatever tools he could send with us to help protect us and to help guide us along our way. And I feel that angels do just that. They're Mm -hmm. here to help us. They're here to protect us. They're here to make us know that we are not alone, and we're never and, alone. Yeah, we're never alone. They're always <laughs> Well, actually, I have a story. Did I t- I, should I tell my story that I told you last night? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have this great story. Andy, have I told you the story about I was in Utah for a couple of months. Um, I actually, I live in California, but. I was in Utah last uh, two winters ago, and it was a horrible winter. And I was there for three months, and mm-hmm. I had this car that I would drive and uh, that someone loaned me. And it was a great little car and had a great heater. But for some reason, defogger would not work. It just would not defog. <laughs> and I was like, what is it with this? And then finally, I just realized this car is full of people. <laughs> And they're fogging up the windows. (laughs) And then finally I realized that was what was going on. And so I said, well, as long as you protect me from getting in an accident, not because I can barely see out the window, (laughs) then you can all be here. That's fine. And then um, I told a friend of mine, I said, said, does your defogger work? And she was like, yeah, mine works fine. (laughs) And I said, my windows are always foggy. And this is a hard time in my life. So I know I was like, had extra angels at that time. And, um, she said, do you think it's, it's, um, spirits, you know? And I said, yeah, I think it's angels. I think. And then we picked up a friend and we drove her, this was after a poetry class and we drove her home. And as she got out, I noticed that the windows were completely clear. Like they had completely defogged in like, you know, 20 seconds. And I was like, this is, I noticed it right before she got out and then she got out and I was like, oh my gosh, I told my other friend, I said, they left. Because we were gossiping. (laughs) We had been gossiping about someone in our poetry class. Not really mean stuff, but we were just kind of like, yeah, he's a weirdo, you know. (laughs) And and they left. They were just like, Mm -hmm. eh, spirit's gone. We're not here. And so then I I said like a silent prayer and I repented and I... um, and I asked them to come back, and all of a sudden my windows were foggy again. <laughs> so they are always around wow. about us, but we can do things to, um, you know, to make them not want to be there. And to, um, and in that instance, I think they were just teaching me a lesson. I don't think they'll go just because you call someone a weirdo. <laughs> but in this oh, yeah. case, I was so close to the spirit, and, like, they were just like, this is what happened. Like, they were just teaching me a lesson. But Right, right. This is um, very interesting. There's all kinds of... Um, of course, angel literature, and even within the church, lots and lots of stories, lots and lots of experiences, uh, published and non. But let's go right, because right. whenever we um, talk about these things, this angels specifically, my mind goes right to uh, to the keys and to Doctrine and Covenants 107, the power and authority, this is verse 20, of the lesser or ironic priesthood is to hold the keys of the ministering of angels. And to administering the outward ordinances, the letter of the gospel, baptism of repentance, remission of sins, agreeable to the covenants and commandments. And you recall when um, John the Baptist uh, 
restored the Aaronic priesthood. He said, Upon you, my fellow servants, with Joseph and Oliver, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels. Uh, I think they are everywhere, around everybody, so far as they are allowed, as you demonstrated there, Felice. And, um, but there are certain keys uh, having to do with the priesthood and members of the covenant, members of the church, uh, where they are in near constant communication and ministering to us on a regular basis. And we can request that and exercise, in fact, can, we should exercise those keys. Right. So, um, so when I when I started having all these experiences, the first thing that I did, it became common conversation in my home. And the first thing that I did is specifically around guardian angels. Our church talks a lot about angels, um, but I wanted to know the doctrine about guardian angels because my experience were with my guardian angels and right. other angels as well, but specifically guardian angels. And so I dove down into early church history and... Um, I found all of these stories and all of this information, and um, but one of the most, when I found it, I was so excited, um, was that Joseph Smith, um, he actually has a few, um, a few, you know, excerpts about that. He specifically talks about, I was riding out in my carriage as my guardian angel was alongside of me. And he specifically talks about his, not only his angel, but his guardian angel. And so as I started digging and digging and digging and digging, it made it very clear to me that um, we do have angels, but we do have guardian angels. And I feel those guardian angels are our ancestors. And I feel that we are tied to them like we're promised. And those bonds are stronger than we even know. And they they have an invested interest in us. And oh, yeah, these are the people I think that we we knew before and we all contracted to help each other, even though we don't remember them a lot of times. Right, right. And so um, to the keys of the priesthood, I, I absolutely agree. And I think the other part that's interesting of what I've, what I've discovered and what I've prayed about and what I've, you know, got received answers on is usually to your left, you have an ancestor of yours who is your protector, guardian angel. Mm. And most of the time, um, actually, I don't, I mean, there's only one slight variance that I know about. Um, that person is a male, and he is a priesthood holder. Really? And he is your protector. And then on your right, you have your main guardian angel who... Usually if you're a woman, it's a woman, and usually if you're a man, it's a man. But we, I mean, though, I don't think we can even fully comprehend those priesthood keys um, to know that the one who's to your left holds those keys, even, you know, for us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. yeah. Well, and that's interesting, too, like, as a as a single woman and single mother, like, there's been many times where I felt like the priesthood was completely, obviously because of my temple covenant, priesthood was upon me, you know, but there's, there's been so many instances where I've had access to the priesthood without, um, uh, that's been unconventional. <laughs> and I'm not saying, and I'm saying everybody still needs to ask for those priesthood blessings, but I'm just saying, I think it's interesting 
And right, you're protected. On a, absolutely. And there's mm-hmm. a story um, that President Harold Lee talks about. And um, he was on a plane, and he felt angels put their hands on his head and give him a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it shortly, and he felt it when they took off and as they landed. And um, after they arrived home, there was a massive hemorrhage that they had discovered. And it hadn't occurred when they were in flight. He would not be alive. And he felt very strongly that it was, you know, nobody else knew about this. He didn't even know about this. But his Mm -hmm. angels knew. Mm -hmm. And so they they gave him a priesthood blessing as they took off and as they landed. And so that he would make the flight. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a cool story. I, I, I felt that. I felt that before. I felt their hands on my head blessing me many times. I have felt that. Especially when I've been leading a meditation. Really? Like a, yeah, especially like certain healing meditations. Um, I felt like they've been blessing me. And like as the teacher, I was able to send out some of that healing power. It was yeah. pretty cool. I've felt a number of times... Um, Additional hands on my head during priesthood blessings, and sometimes I'm aware of who they are. Almost always, <laughs> oh, almost that's always, so cool. um, family members, and a couple of instances that is so not. Cool. I I've never. I mean, I guess I've not heard a priesthood holder say that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, almost every time as I've become aware of it now when I receive a, a priesthood blessing, and and oftentimes from my father. And interesting, um, as we say that too, this um, woman in my family, she's my, well, it's not immediate family, but extended family. And don't need to identify exactly who, but she, who sees, sees them constantly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, her. sometimes we treat yeah. her a little bit like a carnival show. We'll like go up after, after a, something in the temple, a wedding or whatever, <clears throat> or at a meeting or anything else and say, well, who was here? And she's happy to talk about it. She's just not going to. Not going to volunteer unless you ask her. There's a, there's a principle there, an eternal principle. But um, I remember she mentioned, so we've had those experiences many times, and uh, one time at my mission farewell, and there were two people, uh, two men standing next to me when I, when I was speaking. Uh, one she recognized, it was from uh, her side, that side of the family she's on. Another one she didn't recognize. Um, interestingly enough, she usually sees them in the way that she knew them in this life. So in the age that she knew them, for mm-hmm. instance, my dad had a, a brother die when he was eight and she mm-hmm. always sees him as a little eight year old boy. Once she saw somebody, <clears throat> um, a, a woman in the family, uh, that she knew only knew was an old woman and she saw her in her normal red, uh, you know, state of uh, being youthful. And didn't recognize her. And so ever since then, she says, I see her as I knew her. But anyway, um, yeah, I think they can everywhere. Come, they can come in any form. And, and if, you know, if they're like being seen often, I think they'll come in a form that we recognize. Yeah. yeah so, but that's the point. They are, they are everywhere. Um, they do minister to us. And this is the thing, this is the unique thing about Mormonism, really. We're the only ones, so far as I know, that equate that say uh, God, angels, and men are all of the same species, all mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. types of beings at different levels of of progression. Um, so, Sarah, talk a little bit about your experiences since then, and 
since that first one, and kind of what uh, they're all they're always ministering according to the, the directions of Christ and ministering according to his will, and you get a lot of that in the temple. And according to our faith and, and yeah, how much absolutely. we ask. Yeah, yeah, so what are your experiences? So, um, so in my experiences, um, I have other people's angels who I, didn't, I don't see. Um, I guess I should you know, say that. I don't see. The way that they communicate with me is the best way to describe it is spirit to spirit. Um, I have had dreams where angels will come to me. Um, most of the time they come to me um, during my meditation or when obviously when I'm being quiet and paying attention. But um, what happens with me is um, I don't really ask. They come to me. And so sometimes it's like really cool and sometimes it's, it makes for some awkward situations. <laughs> but they come to me and tell me who they are and they tell me their name. <laughs> And then it usually is followed by a message. And the messages are always messages of hope and messages of love. Um, I mean, I think that that's, they just want us to know that they're near and they want us to know that people are not alone. And so I've had a lot of experiences with many people that their angels will come forward and say, I'm, you know, I'm Patrick, and this is what I want this person to know. Wow. And then, um, and then I pray about it, and I um, to understand if I'm supposed to relay this message. And I've never had an experience that I'm not supposed to relay it, <laughs> um, because I think that's why they come through to me is because right. I'm listening and they want me to share a message yeah. with people. They will. They will talk to whoever is listening. That's what yeah. I learned. Like, yeah. if you're not listening, they'll talk to your daughter, or they'll talk to your friend, or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> usually they'll go to family members first, but if no one's listening, they'll go to whoever's listening that they can get the message through. They are, like, they're here to help us. They're on a mission, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And they're desperate for us to know that they're here. Right, right. And, you know, and so they come to me, and they tell me, and then... You know, a couple weeks ago, I was sitting at church, and um, and I just moved recently, and um, I was sitting in, in Sunday school, and I look around the room, and I was I like to practice occasionally because I'm still learning this gift, and so I practice, you know, in my head and by myself, and so I went around the room, and I looked at people, and their angels were coming through telling me who they were as I was looking around the room, and um, I was just practicing. Wow. But I had this one who would not leave me alone. And as soon as he told me his name, he came through with a message, and he wanted me to tell this person who I had never met sitting <laughs> in Sunday school this message. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is oh, so awkward. So I kept praying and praying and asking, like, do you really want me to share this message? Do I really have to? Like, you know, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how this person's going to perceive me, and um, and it just kept coming back so strong that I needed to tell, and the spirit was so strong, and the burning inside of me was so strong, I knew I needed to tell them. So he got up and walked out of the room, and I chased him down the hallway, and and I said, um, "Do you happen to know? Uh, I mean, do you happen to know a John?" And he looked at me really strangely, and he's like, "Like a cousin or a friend?" And I'm like. No, like a dead ancestor. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he kind of looked at me really strange, and I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm on the verge of tears because I'm so nervous. And I, and I said, here's the deal. I was sitting in Sunday school. I feel really prompted that I'm supposed to tell you there's a John who's near you, and I gave him a message. And he just kind of was like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the one time that I really put myself out there, and then this isn't right? What's going on? So I walked into um, um, third hour and it was combined because it was a fifth Sunday and I went and sat down and I had never met these people before. And in comes his wife right in front of him and she comes and she sits down next to me and she grabs my leg and she says, John is my grandfather. (laughs) And she said, and this is an answer to a prayer. Really? And then she starts crying and I start crying and so she tells me that her father had just been excommunicated from the church. Mm-hmm. And she had been praying to know her connection with his family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with her with like that line of the family and mm-hmm. how that affected her. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I she's like, This is I've been praying and praying and praying about this and went to the temple about this and she's like, This is an answer to your prayer. And then I was like, I, I mean, obviously was very overwhelmed. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because, I mean, I really put myself out there. I'm like, please don't let me be wrong on this one. But yeah. <laughs> that's usually the type of messages that they want to portray. And she, and I was listening, and she needed that message. And, and so I was able to give her that message, which was an incredibly beautiful um, experience that I will never forget. Mm-hmm. I love... The, how Sarah says that she will that she prays and she really gets confirmation because obviously right. Right. you know you don't want random people going around being like this is what your angels said but right. um they will talk to anybody who's listening anybody who's you know open and and righteous and and they know will deliver the message so um so it's not you know and I've had my daughter because I'm not always listening. <laughs> I've had my daughter sometimes tell me stuff. And sometimes it's just an offhand comment that makes me know. Like one time we were hiking at Craters of the Moon, walking across all this lava in Idaho. And it was pretty sharp. Like if any of us fell, we would have had a serious, like, cut. And um, we were just walking, and she goes, it's a good thing angels are around us. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. good And then sometimes she'll be like, your mom loves you (laughs) (laughs) or things like that. And it's interesting because I was, I talked to Sarah pretty often and we were talking, we talked about angels and I realized like, I know who my daughter's guardian angels are at least um, a couple of them, (laughs) at least the ones that are around her a lot um, because I knew them in this life. And so I kind of recognize when they're there, but then I was like, and I'm aware of angels around me, but Mm -hmm. then I was like, well, I don't actually think I know who my guardian angels are. Like I recognize when I get communication from angels, but I'm like, who are they? So I decided I was meditating. And I don't know if I told, told you this story before Andy, but I was meditating and I was like, I wonder who my guardian angels are. And then all of a sudden a little breeze blew in and I, I heard a paper fall from my dad. Yeah, you did tell me. And I turned, (laughs) I turned around and on the paper, the only words, were your great grandparents <laughs> and I was like um that was weird okay so I was like okay obviously it's one of my great grandparents and I kind of just like ran through the list and realized 
okay, that's that's the one. And I was kind of surprised, but it made perfect sense looking back over my life, like that she was the one who would have been guiding me to mm-hmm. do this and find this whole line of ancestors, which are my black ancestors, which I don't know if we've talked about that on the air, but I've written blog posts about it. I have um, African American ancestors. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so she's one of my guardian angels. And then later I was like, I need to figure out who the male priesthood holder is. And none of the other names I can think of are ringing true. So I went to my family tree, like Sarah did, and all of a sudden, boom, it just like popped out at me. And it was a great, great grandfather, but I knew his name. He was a pretty like prominent pioneer guy. And and he's actually the ancestor of a lot of people because, you know, he had what, let's call it one of those big Mormon families (laughs) Uh, that had to go to Mexico because they were so big. Uh, (laughs) Had to flee to Mexico. Um, And so, and I was like, wow, like he's one of my guardian angels, Um, which is pretty amazing because I guess they only guard one person and of all of his descendants, Mm. um, he chose to be mine or he agreed to be mine. I don't know if he chose. (laughs) I think think they choose. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. But ever since I've been aware of who they are, it's just been so cool. I just feel like they're around, like there's just, I'm more aware of them. The other day we were somewhere and I felt like they were just really enjoying. Oh, we were at this, the, um, there's a, in town, I live in a small town and they have like a band concert every night or not every night, every Wednesday night in the summer, right. they have like a big band and the kids march around with balloons. And I just felt like they were really enjoying the music, you know, <laughs> just little mm-hmm. things like that. That's very well. I think it's. I think it's true. I mean, um, I know who my childrens are, and one of them is um, is my grandfather, and I pick him up so easily, uh, much more so than I pick my own up because mm-hmm. I knew him, and I know what his presence felt feels like, and I know what he feels like, and I know things that he said. And so he'll, you know, he'll say something that I'll pick up on that I probably wouldn't pick up on if it was anybody else, but because I know him, I can mm-hmm. pick right. up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think everybody can communicate. And the important thing is, is they're constantly trying to communicate with us. Yeah. But they're going to find ways to communicate with you. And so I think it's important. I mean, probably lots of different ways, but I feel like I should share a couple of ways that they can communicate with you so that maybe people can start paying more attention. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so one of the ways, like I said, is when you're meditating. So I know most of us are in the middle of our Kundalini journeys. Pay attention <laughs> when you're meditating if you feel somebody else in the room with you. Um, that's a big way. The other way is like we said, when you're looking at your family tree, if there's a name that pops off at you, I would do some more research about the person. I would pray about that person. I would ask that person if they are your angel. Um, one of my, one of my friends, um, she finds hearts everywhere, (laughs) like in the most random of places, she finds hearts and her angel told me that that's how he communicates with her. And so she finds them, like, she'll find, like, rock, you know, rock-shaped hearts. There's a, she found a stain on her rug the other day that was in a shape of a heart. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything, like, constantly, like, all day long, like, uh, you know, a leaf will fall down and land on her lap. She'll, she, she sends me all these great pictures mm-hmm. of hearts, and I love it because that is his way of communicating with her. 
I know some uh, people who um, will find little white feathers randomly yes. in random places. Like inside yes. of a, a building where there's no airflow, a, a feather will just fall down. <laughs> I have had that specific one happen to me. Um, there was a feather in, laying in the middle of the floor one day in, in my bedroom. I was like, where in the world did this come from? <laughs> um, you know, they move. They can move pictures around. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine used to move. I just had this big ancestor chart on my wall, and it was big, and I had to nail it down on all four corners. And sometimes one of the corners would come undone, and it would just flip up, and it would hit me every time I walked by. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And another one of my friends, um, you know, her angels communicate with her through numbers, and it's always mm-hmm. the same numbers. And mm-hmm. so, I get master you know, numbers, 1111, 1212, 222. That's exactly like, kind of what she gets, too. Yeah. It's just weird because it's like, why did I get up and check the clock right now? There was no reason for me to do that. <laughs> Other than to be a reminder that you're not alone. And yep. I mean, and it, you know, that's just what it is. They're just trying to tell you you're not mm-hmm. alone. Wow. When I was going through a really, really difficult time, I would see master numbers everywhere. And I would see them like, like I would get, it started with 111 and 1111, (laughs) but I would see those numbers like 50 times a day, even though it only turns that time like (laughs) twice a day. I would see it on my phone in my kitchen and then I'd go to my car like a few minutes later and it would say that because it was like a few minutes off, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I would look at my phone and it would be just that time. And then anyway, so it was just like, especially when we're in times of need, I feel like we get more. You do. So, Sarah, I do. A couple of questions. Um, as yes. you as you're talking, I'm remembering um, and recalling things from my own life where I'm certain that there. And and I've always, you know, I've felt many, many, many times, specifically when meditating, and other times that yes, there are definite presences here. Sometimes, uh, particularly in the last year, as I'm doing the Kundalini, I'm, I'm more aware of who they are. But I like how you say there's a lot of different ways that they that they're communicating with us. A couple of things I wondered about, too, um, and they're related. I guess first would be, is there anything, do you notice uh, anything that you do that um, cuts off the communication or diminishes it or drives them away? Or do you know um, that, that anybody else does? And number two, I guess, which is related, is I'm thinking about uh, Doctrine and Covenants 129, and, and this is just the, Nine verses, you know, and it's Joseph giving us the keys of discerning the handshake test. spirits. Yeah, he says there are two kinds of heavenly beings, uh, namely angels who are resurrected beings having bodies of flesh and bones, and secondly, spirits of the just men made perfect who are not yet resurrected but inherit the same glory. And then he talks about you know the uh, the darker spirits, and they have uh, there's some have charge over us or towards us as well. How do you discern in certain moments? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'll answer the first question. Is there anything that I do that makes them go away? Um, I, tr- I, you know, I, I try to live a life that that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, because I'm so much aware of them and they're such a part of my everyday, I, it has made me so much more aware of my thoughts and my actions. Yes, I have moments where I don't feel them. Yes, I have times that I know, especially with my children, losing my patience with my children. Mm. Um, that obviously is a big one. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm going to reverse this and tell you the time that I feel them the most. Please. Yeah. Yes, I've talked about meditating. 
but the sacrament for me has became a pivotal point in my weekly worship that for me, that's when I feel them the strongest. Mm. Every time I take the sacrament, I, it, it's just very much renewed and it's extremely strong. And, um, and I, I mean, I've always looked forward to taking the sacrament, but for me, it's taken it to a whole new level. Um, and I, look forward to it every single week that I get to take in the sacrament because I understand on such a greater level what that means because I have like a, I mean, you know, I have something completely tied with the sacrament. Like, yes, I can be forgiven of my sins. I can be clean. I can renew those covenants. And it's so much stronger. And as the week progresses, you know, I'll make mistakes and I'll, you know, I'll do things that I wish I wouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But then when Sunday comes around, Sunday for me is the day that I look forward to because that is the day that the inspiration is the strongest when it comes to my angels. And I find that so fascinating. Wow. Wow. So that's the first Thank question. You, Hold on. It sounds like he's playing music, Sarah. I think we're getting kicked off. No, no, no. Oh, okay. okay. No, we're good. Andy? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, I guess this is, we're ending. Because <laughs> we could talk for hours. Maybe we'll have you on again. Well, we're, we're good. I just want if she had anything else to say regarding the second question. It just, yeah. the music is really loud, though. Oh, I'm not oh, playing really? it either. I can't hear it. Oh, you know what? Okay, hold on one second. You know what it is? Huh? That was my alarm. That's that's an alarm. I was like hearing like more holiness give me so loud. I was like, what is that? I'm like, Andy's kicking us. Sorry. <laughs> that was my alarm. This is the time I normally wake up. <laughs> very, very good. I'm music. No, I sort of didn't hear you very well, but it sounded like a great answer. Uh, <laughs> like, what is that? Sorry. Um, okay. So um, we're going to answer the second question. Yeah, the second question about discerning. Um, um, it's a different feel. And really what how I discern is like Felice was saying earlier, I pray. Mm -hmm. And I ask for confirmation from the Holy Ghost. Wow. So in my moment, you know, I I have I have felt presence presence of other angels that are not necessarily good angels. Um, but they've never given me messages right. to this point. Okay. And, um, and I always pray and I always ask for confirmation from the spirit and that's how I discern. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say you get specific messages, um, mm -hmm. and names, I mean, these are, these are very specific as if someone was talking to you, but you don't see them. And I don't see no. either in the same way, certainly that, uh, I think Felice does, or this, my member of my family. Uh, so oh, how do you get I, I the think same? It's different every time. I think it is, but how do you get the these very specific messages? Do they come as clearly as someone speaking to you, or are they part of your thoughts, and you've learned to discern and pick them out, or how? Um, yeah, so it, it it happened both ways. Um, I have had I've actually heard things. Um, most of the times when I hear things, it's usually my own angels. When it's somebody else's angel coming to me and telling me a message, um, when I meditate and a lot of other times during the day, um, the best analogy that I've ever read is um, you have a chalkboard and it's filled with information. 
and you take an eraser and you start erasing everything off your chalkboard. And so for me, I visualize myself like clearing my head. Mm. And then it's the information that's written on the chalkboard. Wow. That I don't write, but some, you know, that they yeah. write and I know their names are. And um, so, so this happened to me when I was talking to you, Sarah. Remember I was, we were talking about something and I didn't think I was good at getting names. Like, because mm-hmm. I have communicated with angels, but whenever I try to get a name, it's always like, everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I, I just had a name pop into my head and I told you and you're like, oh, that's my guardian angel's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I was like, really? Like, I thought I just was. <clears throat> yeah. You, I so, it's, it just like pops into my head. That's kind of right. to me. Clear your brain and say, I mean, ask. And the first name that pops into your head, the first thought that comes across your head, for me, is the information that I go with. But I have to clear everything first, and then I'll ask. And then, you know, usually, or I will know, what happens more often is I will know that somebody's there. And then it'll be, then I'll start thinking, like, specifically, I've had, I had a, I had an experience with police. And so I knew somebody was there. I asked who it was. They told me their name. I asked who they were there for. This individual said police. And so I knew <laughs> who this angel was tied with. Mm-hmm. And then it was the message. Um, but for me, um, a lot of times I'll be thinking about somebody. I'll be thinking of police, hypothetically. And then then that person will come through and say name and message, and I will know that that's Felice's message. So it can happen a variety of different ways. It's never the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's um, I always know because then I then pray and ask for confirmation from the Spirit, and then I will know if that mm-hmm. was an actual message or if it wasn't. And, um, you know, or if I'm just thinking things in my own head. Um, But most of the time, they're so random and out of the blue that Mm -hmm. I know that they're not my own thoughts. But then I pray to have confirmation anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes I think we're worried to, you know, go and tell someone some random message. But I, you know, I think we all get this kind of stuff all the time. I was dating um, a non-member a few years ago and um, he was great and he was spiritual on his, in his own way. And he would, he said, yeah, today I met this girl randomly at the grocery store. And he said, I just felt like I needed to tell her everything is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, yeah. I mean, that was somebody telling him to tell her that. And Anyways, I think there's just so many, and I want to briefly jump back in and finish what we were, we were kind of listing all the different ways. Yeah. I I went to a workshop once about this, and as soon as I had all these ways, I suddenly, my eyes were open. But one way, um, I always see hawks <laughs> or, like, certain animals. Everyone has kind of their own animal. Um, I have a friend whose ancestor drops dimes. She'll find dimes in the most random yeah. places. Yeah. Um, any wings check the object. year. Check the year yes. when you find the when you find that money because it's almost. Um, um, my son's angel does that. Really? And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check the year on the coin because sometimes mm-hmm. I'll give you a clue as to who it is. It may not. They just use the money they can find. <laughs> but um, any winged object 
is usually a sign of some sort of ancestor. And of course, there's winged objects everywhere. But like when you notice them, especially like one time I was coming out of the temple and there were two birds playing in a fountain and there's never birds playing in that fountain, you know. And then when I moved here, it's very natural. There's lots of wildlife, but I lived at a place where there's tons of butterflies and I just moved and there aren't as many butterflies. Um, but I think I just had more angels when I lived at that other place. And then one day I remember I was taking my daughter to preschool and a grasshopper flew across my path. And I was like, that was weird. But I noticed it and I thought, who would be a grasshopper? You know, like what ancestor? And I kind of later that day that my grandma had died. And I was like, oh, yeah, she'd be a grasshopper. She's kind of kind of not, you know, not as soft and flowery as <laughs> in some of my other ancestors. <laughs> these um what are some other things you can think of Sarah well I mean I think I think that any of God's creation Mm -hmm. reminds us of not only our angel's presence but his presence and I think that you just need to keep your eyes open and watch the world around you and the beauty around you because those are constant reminders and so I mean any I just you know I have any of those things I feel are very strong reminders of life on the other side okay so i have one that's that's it's not a creation from nature but um classic cars (laughs) when i was pregnant when i was pregnant and going through a really hard time i love classic cars i just they just make me happy and it it seemed like every time i would look out my kitchen window i'd see a classic car drive by and i felt like it was god telling me you're loved you're loved yes Right. Well, I mean, and that's something unique to you. I mean, somebody else might not like classic cars, but he knows that you do. And that's, I mean, it's anything that's, anytime that you feel loved and anytime that you feel a present, I mean, I think it's all intertwined. And Mm -hmm. I feel like they want you to know that you're loved and he and Heavenly Father wants you to know that you're loved. So Mm -hmm. any of those reminders, I feel, um, are good things and that it means that you're not alone. Yep. Well, ladies, awesome. I think we should probably do this again. We're out of yeah. time. People are finishing <laughs> their have, runs. <laughs> you have a lot of. Wait, what'd you say? Uh, people listen to us while they're running, right? They're getting to the end. Oh, of the week. right, getting ready to be done with their run. Well, this is a deep conversation for a run, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic, though. I wanted to share uh, one more scripture and, and get your reaction to it, and then we'll we'll go away. And I'm not sure if you can hear the music, so if not, then. I'll just we'll just end it and I'll play it. But this is uh this is from a letter uh, from Joseph in Nauvoo giving instructions on the uh, on the baptism for the dead. There's a lot of things in it. Now our doctrine and covenants one twenty eight uh, part of it anyway. But the verse twenty says, and again he's talking about the joys of the restoration. He says, what do we hear? Glad tidings from Camorra, Moroni, an angel from heaven, declaring the fulfillment of the prophets. The book to be revealed, a voice of the Lord in the wilderness of Fayette, Seneca, declaring the Seneca County, declaring the witnesses to bear record of the book. The voice of Michael on the banks of the Susquehanna, detecting the devil when he appeared as an angel of light. The voice of Peter, James, and John. And uh, going back, that's what we get in Doctrine and Covenants. But I wanted to read the actual rest of the letter here. He says. Um, the voice of Michael the Archangel, the voice of Gabriel and of Raphael, and of diverse angels, from Michael or Adam down to the present time, all declaring their dispensation, their rights, their keys, their honors, their majesty and glory, and the power of the priesthood, giving line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, giving us consolation by holding forth that which is to come 
confirming our hope. Like that's the message we've got here today. More than more than anything, is they are there to confirm our hope and right. and bear us up. Right. So on that note, um, I have felt very strongly that I am supposed to gather stories. So I'm going to ask if anybody who's been listening to this um, feels that um, by the spirit that you would like to share your story. Whether it be something little or something big or your ancestor stories, I have started a blog and it's called angelsroundaboutyou.blogspot.com. And right now I have a bunch of stories, Joseph Smith's guardian angel story, um, you know, President Lee's story, um, but I'm also gathering angel stories because I think that when we understand how they communicate and understand that there's so many different ways they communicate, it makes us more aware and my... I feel very strongly that I'm supposed to share the message that angels are near you. And so I'm currently gathering stories. So like personal stories from regular people. All right. So is there an email? Is there an email that people send them to? Um, Yeah, it's it's on my blog, but it's angelsroundaboutyou.gmail.com. I mean, not gmail.com is my, um, is my, Jeez, uh, my email. There you go. But um, I also do have a blog, and there's more information on there. Um, and this is new, but I just have felt very strongly that this is something. Ob- I feel like I've been given this gift for a reason, and mm-hmm. my gift is to make everyone aware. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm currently doing. Awesome. I've got the blog okay, up so- right now. It is angelsroundaboutyou.blogspot.com. And yes. Sarah, we have we've been pre-recording a number of uh, podcasts this month. I've still got one in the can that I was going to post today. I'm going to go ahead and forego that. I'm going to post this one today, and then I'll do that one next week. It was just a oh. random question and answer, but I want to get this one up and out there public right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Andy, and thank you, Felice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Satnam. 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 I'm sorry.